Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Hang On, the Holy Land, Land Grant Holland's flagship podcast. I am your host, Gene Ross, and joining me, as always, is Josh Dooley. Back here for part two of our all-decade draft, Josh. The first one uh, I thought was really fun, the offensive draft. You know, having looked at the numbers here in the in the polling, uh, based on our your nuts from Monday, it does look like you have a substantial lead, about 75% or more of the vote, as I'm looking here, which, you know, I'm not totally surprised on. I kind of figured, you know, looking at your roster, you had a lot of fan favorites on there. I think your team came out very well. And you know, I just don't think that Ohio State fans are appreciating my offensive line as much as I wanted to. So I'm not totally shocked by the results, but it did look like you have you have emerged as the winner of the first round of this little draft contest we have going on here. Couple of things, Gene. Uh, first and foremost, it's the effort that counts. I'm proud of you. And number two, though, I mean, who knows? We saw it at the end of uh, Ohio State's last football season. If we get in a grinder and we're playing in cold weather or snow or something like that, Maybe your team has a much better chance. So uh, I, I don't think either one of us could have went wrong. Um, I, I love that the votes came out in my favor, but I think this one's going to be even more interesting. Yeah, I, I'm very intrigued on the defensive side of this. You know, we're, as we were talking a little bit before the podcast, looking through a lot of the names here, you'd think you'd have a lot more options at some of these positions than maybe you do, or at least that's, you know, my take looking at some of these positions here. But much like last week, we're going to go through here. We're each going to have 11 picks. Uh, Josh is going to go first this time, and then I will get the second pick, and, you know, we will do a snake draft, so there'll be doubles from there on out. We will each be drafting two defensive tackles, two defensive ends, three linebackers, two corners, and two safeties as our base defense here. Uh, once again, all players from 2012 to 2022, so spanning the last decade or so. And, you know, we'll take it from there. We'll kind of go through our picks here. We'll do, we'll give the rationale of some of our picks. And then afterwards, we'll discuss how our teams came out, some of the players left on the board, and things of that nature. Uh, Josh, anything else you had to say in this? I think the defense is going to be a little bit more interesting than the offense because unlike offense where, you know, maybe, you know, at certain positions, you know, like quarterback, it was, you know, Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, and then the rest. Same with the running back with Elliott and Dobbins and the rest. But uh, I think things are a little bit more wide open here aside from who in my mind are there's two very obvious, like, first overall pick potentials at their respective positions here. But I think overall there's a lot of, of potential here at, at pretty much all of the positions. Yeah, this one's going to be interesting. I think it's actually going to be, in my opinion, more difficult um, than I thought it would be, and then the, uh, more difficult than the offensive draft, just because, you know, we love all of these guys. But then as I was kind of compiling the list and looking at it, and I was like, hey, you know, I really like that guy. And then I looked up his stats, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, so when you're drafting 
the best of the best and, you know, the most talented guys, you really kind of look at numbers. And there are some of these guys, and I'm sure we'll get into this, where, you know, their period of dominance or, or period of greatness was very brief, uh, you know, compared to some of these other guys. So I looked at like seasons, time periods, and then kind of overall career. And I think I ended up with, uh, you know, some interesting ideas. But like you, I'm really interested to get into this one. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, seemingly one-year wonders on Ohio State's defense. But mm-hmm. much as we did with the with the offense, we will be getting you know the best of whatever player we pick. So whatever their prime year was, whatever their prime season, or even if they had a you know prolonged career success, we are getting the best possible version of that player. So we don't have to worry about injuries. We don't have to worry about you know regression or any, any sort of things like that. So uh, without further ado, Josh, I think we could just kind of jump right into this one. And, and with me going first last time, I'm going to give you the honors of, of selecting first overall here. Here in our uh, Ohio State All-Decade Defense Draft. Yeah, and, and I hope this works out for me. Um, when it came to first pick, I saw a position where I, I thought the, the drop-off was pretty significant after the first one or two guys. And for this draft, we're fielding three linebackers. So that's the position I wanted to go after. And in, in my opinion, there was a clear number one here. This guy... Uh, his junior season, 144 tackles, 23 and a half for loss, seven sacks, four forced fumbles in 2013. And again, I, I need to go out and get like a captain of my defense and a great player at what I considered a position of weakness. So give me Ryan Chazier first off the board at linebacker. Now, I, I love this pick. This is a bit of a, a shocker for me. I did not expect um, you to go Chazier first. I thought there was one of two guys that you would have potentially selected at number one here. And while they may play at, at deeper positions, I thought they were maybe two of the, the better guys on the board. But I love the Ryan Chazier pick. I had him obviously on my big board as the number one linebacker. We know what uh, you know. Ohio State struggles at linebacker in the, in the last few years. And there are some you know pretty good names on this list, but I think far and away, uh, Ryan Chazier is the top guy at that position. We know what he did for Ohio State. We know how good you know his NFL career panned out. Maybe one of the more popular players on Ohio State maybe ever. Um, 317 career tackles, first-time All-American, two-time, first-time All-Big Ten. I don't think there's really much else to say about him. I mean, he was just a, a game-changing player when he was on the field, and obviously his you know his career didn't end the way we you know anybody would have loved it to. But just seemingly a great guy, and and, and by all means, like a great dude on the field. You know, every single time he was on the field. Yeah, and for me, it was good versus great. Um, Ryan Shazier was a great linebacker at Ohio State, and you look at some of the other guys on the list. We've got some guys on here who had. 100 tackle seasons and this, that, and the other. But I saw a lot of good players. And I wanted to go out and get uh, a a great guy and just a guy that, gosh, I I don't know if he's the best defender on this list, but he was one of the first guys that came to mind for me. So that's why I settled on that one. You know, he he could do it all. He could tackle, cover, blitz, force turnovers, this, that, and the other. So I'm happy about this one. Yeah, and I mean this this opened things up up for me in a big way because I was, you know, I was looking at a, either I was figuring that you were going to take one of two guys here at that first overall pick. And so now, and now you're going to take them both. Yes, now this opens me up to take both <laughs> of those two guys and I probably you probably have a good idea of of where I'm heading here. Uh with my first overall pick here, I am going to take defensive end Chase Young. Um, one of the more menacing complete defensive players Ohio State has had in quite some time, just a ridiculous player off the edge, a freak athlete at his size. You know, we saw Ohio State stand him up a bit, so he does have a little bit of versatility, but we know what he brings just off the edge as an edge rusher, a guy who, you know, for the most part, probably hid a lot of the problems and what was maybe not as good of a Ohio State secondary as we thought, but because he was so good at getting to the quarterback and making things tough on opposing quarterbacks, they didn't really have a chance to scan the field. He had some really big games. You know, the one against Wisconsin really stands out, but, you know, Chase Young, probably one of the best defensive players at Ohio State of all time, right up there with Ryan Chazier. So I'm pretty happy getting Chase Young here with my with my first pick. He was definitely in the running for me. Uh, you talk about two dominant seasons and at his peak, arguably the most dominant defender, certainly a guy that got, you know, probably the most attention of any guy on this list. So he's a stud. I can't argue with that pick at all. I'm only hoping that, um, you know, my strategy doesn't backfire here. Yeah, and you know, one of those guys who had he not been, you know, suspended by the NCAA for dumb reasons for two games, this was a guy who was 
in the conversation as a Heisman candidate, as a defensive player. That's how good he was. So very happy with Chase Young as my first pick here. And with my second pick here, I'm going to take who is personally my favorite player all time at Ohio State. You know, I haven't been a fan for all that long. It only really started when, you know, I became a student in 2014. But my my guy here, my pick at number two is going to be Malik Hooker at safety. I knew it. I, I knew yeah, it. I had to see that one coming. I mean, this was, I, I kind of was assuming going into this that you were going to take Chase Young at number one overall. So I was planning on taking Malik Hooker with my first pick either way, but you know, the, to this day, just one of the most exciting players on the field on that side of the ball. That 2016 season he had was absolutely insane. He had seven picks, three of them for touchdowns, including one against Michigan. Just the, the definition of a ball-hawking safety, and Ohio State really hasn't had a guy like that either before him or after him, so I think I'm getting a pretty special player here in Malik Hooker. The ultimate ball-hawk, right? Um it really one standout season, but it was a hell of a season. Kind of shot up the draft board based on that one alone. Just a super exciting guy. I, I love Malik Hooker. Um, I, I don't know that I would have taken him in my first three picks, but it's hard to argue that he was one of the top, I don't know, probably two options. It's safety, and, and really I don't know if there's a clear argument for number two. Malik Hooker, Hooker could do it all. Great center fielder come up, support the run, things like that. But like the, the excitability factor is just so high with him. That's a really good pick. And I know he's a personal favorite of yours, so I'm not surprised to see him come off the board so early. Yeah, and you know, injuries have really derailed his NFL career. I really thought for, you know, a moment there there was a chance that he was going to be this, you know, Ed Reed type of player at the next level and his, you know, his injuries haven't really allowed that to happen just yet, but you know, as a guy who is a consensus all-American, seemed like everywhere the the ball went, Hooker was there to make a play while he was at Ohio State. So, uh, a really good player in his time at, in the at the college level nonetheless, and I, I'm happy to have him on my squad. And I have, you know, based on how this draft has gone now, I have a, a, a decent idea of where you might go with the next two picks. So I'm interested to see um, how this plays out the rest of the way based on how we, we've started things off here. Yeah. So next pick, uh, this is probably not a surprise. I want to get one of the top defensive ends. You already got Chase Young and uh, I'm going to go with one of the duo. We'll see, you know, once I say the name, we'll see, uh, you know, kind of who each one of us ends up with and we'll know who we're talking about. But for my second pick, first of two on the comeback here, go ahead and give me Joey Bosa. I think it was between him and Chase Young as top overall defensive end. In my opinion, um, Chase Young was just incredibly dominant for two seasons. I think Joey Bosa was elite for three, and I think he was a little bit better against the run. So, you know, in my opinion, it's six of one half dozen of another between these two guys. But I actually had Bosa ranked first at defensive end by a slight, slight margin. So I'm happy to get him here. Um you know, what else can you say about Joey Bosa? One of the best overall defensive ends in Ohio State history went high in the draft. He has excelled at the next level. And, you know, a guy I enjoyed watching, too. Ton of passion, ton of energy, and uh, a leader of his defense when he was at school. So happy with the Bosa pick as my first defensive end. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was, there's obviously, a, you know, him and his brother were obviously the two next probably best guys on the board there. Um, Joey with maybe the more impactful uh, Ohio State career because of the injuries with Nick Bosa, but you know a two-time consensus All-American. He had a, a big hand in that 2014 national championship defense. He also had some really good like standout defensive plays. You know, obviously everybody remembers his sack against Penn State in overtime, where he used Penn State's running back to sack the quarterback. Just uh, a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal defensive end, and you know I I don't think you're you're losing anything there with you know Chase Young versus Joey Bosa. Maybe Chase Young more dominant on play-by-play basis, but like you said, Joey. Bosa just consistently good for a long time at Ohio State and you know he has the the stats the the measurables the tape all to back it up so I think you're getting a pretty good choice there and Joey Bosa as your first defensive end off the board completely agree and here's where I think I might throw you another curveball I I was tempted to go with Joey Bosa's brother and it's not like I'm you know playing spoiler you know the name you just heard it you might steal Nick from me but I'm going to go to another position of what I consider to be a weakness I looked at defensive tackle. We've got to take two of these guys. Excuse me. And I think there is some good talent at this position, but I wouldn't say it's deep. And a couple of the other guys that I considered later are like one-year standout guys. But when you look at the totality and you look at his last two seasons, um, at at defensive tackle, 
120 tackles in two seasons, 15 tackles for loss, four sacks, a great run stuffer, and I think the best defensive tackle on the board. Go ahead and give me Big Hank as my third pick, defensive tackle. Get a big guy to just clog up the middle, play well against the run, free up Joey Bosa and Ryan Chazier. I was very tempted to go with Nick here, but whereas you got the clear best safety, in my opinion, I really wanted to go after linebacker and tackle and get my best available guys at those two positions that I thought were a little bit weaker. So with Shazier and Hankins, I got that, and I'm pretty happy with my trio starting out. Yeah, and I, I love Jonathan Atkins. I got to, you know, I got the pleasure of also watching him when he was a member of the Giants for a few years. Just like you said, that prototypical run stuffing defensive tackle makes a ton of tackles on defense, just really clogs up that middle of the field. Really good player for a long time, both at the collegiate level and in the NFL. So I, I think you're getting a solid player there at defensive tackle. And like you said, it's a position where, you know, looking across that list, there aren't a, a ton of names that stand out. There are some some solid guys and there are some guys that put up some some decent numbers in Columbus, but maybe, you know, haven't had the, the sort of long term success of a guy like Jonathan Hankins, but I do think that's a good pick and I, I do like your strategy of kind of taking the uh yeah, positions that have less depth in them or at least less elite depth at the top. Uh, I think you're off to a good start there. And with Hankins, I, I don't know if it's the same as your strategy in our offensive draft where you took Corey Lindsley first, which was a bit of a surprise, but you know, the clear one A through, you know, one B, one C at safety was Corey Lindsley. That's sort of how I felt about Jonathan Hankins, even though he doesn't play one of those, I don't know, sexier positions. I just had to go out and get him. So um yeah, it's back to you, man. Let's see what you got. Yeah, I, I'm interested. This is not really gone. Your your draft strategy has really thrown me off, and now I'm kind of <laughs> I, I'm looking around. I have some good options here. I just don't know where to go next. I could, you know, really hamstring you and take a second safety off the board, but I don't think I'm going to do that just yet. Um, I, I think I'm going to go here with my first cornerback off the board and a guy who there are a lot of good options here, but there's a guy who I personally really liked a lot, and I think he's maybe the top guy at the board just in terms of sustained success over a long period of time. Give me Denzel Ward as the first cornerback off the board here. Um, a guy that I really liked watching this time at Ohio State, you know, he had like like a Joey Bosa, he had his his handful of, of standout plays, you know, that that one hit against Maryland with the you got barbecue back there and you didn't even invite me by Gus Johnson, a very memorable player. But just, you know, the definition of a lockdown corner has one of the sport's best nicknames in the warden. Uh, he had a whopping 15 pass breakups as a junior in 2017, which was really his breakout year. And just a guy that I'm happy to have on my squad as my top corner and a guy that I'm pretty comfortable putting on anybody's top wide receiver at any level and being comfortable with him being able to get the job done. A lot of talent here. I think that you could have argued for a couple of different guys. Denzel Ward, you know, it's really all about his junior season. Um, he broke out 37 tackles, only two picks, but you mentioned it, 15 passes defended and he kind of won by having quarterbacks not throw at him. I mean, he was just that good, made plays when you put it in his general vicinity, his general area. So he, he doesn't have the stats that some of the other guys do, but sometimes you see that with a corner. You know, you look like, uh, like Deion Sanders in the NFL. He produced a ton of interceptions, but it, he was thrown at, you know, very infrequently. Denzel Ward, maybe not at that level, but a hell of a lockdown corner at Ohio State. So I like that pick. Yeah, you know, some of the best corners don't have a ton of stats because people are right. afraid to throw his way. And I think that Denzel Ward is kind of a product of that a little bit. And then with my second pick on the double here, I am, you know, I, I don't quite want to do this just yet, but I feel like I kind of have to at this point. I am going to take Nick Bosa here as my oh. other defensive end just to have that, that Chase Young-Nick Bosa duo that if they both had really popped at the same time would have been unstoppable, unblockable if they're both at Ohio State at the same time. But, you know, as I mentioned, when you took Joey, uh, Nick Bosa didn't really get to the, quite the chance to shine at Ohio State as much as we would have liked to see because of that injury in the year where he was, you know, the, for the full-time starter, really expected to step up. But he still did manage to put up 29 tackles for loss and 17 and a half sacks in his time at Ohio State, which is pretty darn good. And, you know, I do wish we got to see more of him in Columbus, but he parlayed all of that into a, a second overall pick and is now one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. So I, I'm pretty comfortable with him on my squad. And it's it's starting to backfire for me here. I've got some work to do. Nick Bosa I had ranked as like the third defensive end on this list, but arguably the most talented. You know, he played as part of a rotation his freshman year, um, pretty dominant 
as a sophomore and then banged up as a junior. If he had stayed healthy, who knows the kind of numbers and stats that he would have put up. You look at what he's done at the NFL level, you know, um, he's been really dominant. He's going to be one of the next, you know, probably $25 million per year players. Great defensive end, can do a little bit of everything. I think he was better um, as a pass rusher. But you can't go wrong, and your your bookends are looking really scary right now. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I also know that you know, looking at what's left on the board here, obviously still a ton of talent. We're only about you know four, three and four picks in respectively. But um, there's there's one name I'm looking at here where I would kind of be shocked if you don't take him in your next two picks. So we'll we'll see where where you go here from here on. So if I don't shock you, that means uh, according to you, I'm not drafting very well. So so hopefully, I land with one of these guys. I guess where I'm going to go right now, I feel like I need to corner the market on a position. And I talked about a drop-off at this position when I took Ryan Chazier. I wanted a guy, again, who can do a little bit of everything, an exciting player. So give me Darren Lee as my second linebacker off the board, my fourth pick. Another guy like Chazier could do a little bit of everything. Big-time turnover guy. And you look at his last couple of years, 2014, 2015 combined for 146 tackles, 27 for loss, 11 sacks, three picks, and um, uh, a couple of touchdowns, I believe. He wasn't a thumper by any means. I mean, he was a converted safety slash uh, quarterback, I'm sorry, in high school, but developed into a really good linebacker. And I at least feel at this position, I've got the guys who are the most versatile and can do the most things. So I am happy with my linebacker position right now and getting Shazier and Darren Lee. Yeah, definitely strong at the linebacker position for you. I loved Darren Lee and his time in Columbus. He was another one of those guys who, you know, one of the the cornerstones of that defense in my first couple years of being an Ohio State fan. He was another one of those guys that was a lot of fun to watch. Just a a supreme athlete flying all over the field uh, from that linebacker spot. And probably, you know, one of the more athletic linebackers Ohio State has had in in recent memory. You know, we've kind of, you know, uh, talked about how much maligned this linebacker room has been the last couple of years. And I think that, you know, that that room that Darren Lee was a part of had some of the the better linebackers we've seen at Ohio State. And hopefully, you know, a a guy like... um, like Jim Knowles is able to turn that position around, but I, I think that that crop that included Darren Lee was one of the last um, really elite linebacker cores Ohio State has had, and he spearheaded that group for sure. And that was my thought process. It, it kind of went downhill a little bit after that. I know there's still some quality left on the board, and I need another linebacker. You need three, but um, happy with that pick. And for my second pick, I don't know if this is the guy that you targeted for me, but... I need to look at the cornerback position. I don't have one yet, and it's a little top-heavy in my opinion. I am going to bypass a guy who has been wildly successful in the NFL and go with the only, only unanimous All-American at cornerback. He struggled to stay healthy at the next level, but give me Jeff Okuda here as my CB1 uh, one of the more recent guys on this list. I mean, we'll get to it later. The The recent guys are few and far between. But Jeff Okuda, <clears throat> like Denzel Ward, not a big stats guy. But his junior season, nobody threw with this guy. And when they did, he made them pay. He only had two interceptions, uh, 40 or 50 tackles. But he was a willing tackler. The Clemson game where he forced the fumble. Uh, it probably still hurts you and I to think about, but Jeff Kuda, Jeff Okuda was a stud in my opinion. I think he's going to be at some point in the NFL. I'm actually writing about him this week. You'll see an article probably come out Friday. Love this guy. Love what he did at Ohio State. So I'm happy with him as my CB1. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, he might not have the, you know, the NFL success of some of these other guys on this list. And, you know, he might not have been, you know, if you're an outside not fan of Ohio State, you probably wouldn't have picked him up there. But he was also my my number two on the board there behind Denzel Ward. He was so good at Ohio State. He was one of those guys, like we talked about, where the teams just didn't want to throw his way because he was so good. He seemed to always be in the right spot, always glued to his receiver at all times. And I, I really liked Jeff Okuda. And like you said, you know, you're writing about it right now. But I do think that, you know, once he gets the, the injury bug out of the way, I do think that he'll 
he'll succeed at the next level because he just had all the fundamentals you want from those types of corners. And I can't see that not panning out the next level. So I do think that we will see more of him in, in his NFL career. But there's no denying how good he was uh, at the collegiate level for sure. And before you double dip here, the crazy thing about Okuda is he came in as the number one corner coming out of high school, five-star recruit, didn't have an interception during his first two seasons and only finished up with two for his career. So that just kind of shows you his lockdown ability in the fact that guys wouldn't throw in his direction. So lack of traditional stats, but, you know, arguably the most talented corner on the board here. So a good get for me, but I'm leaving the board wide open for you here. Yeah, and you didn't actually take the, the player that I was thinking you would, and I'm I'm not going to take him either, just because I'm I'm seeing some openings here and some other opportunities. I'm going to grab a, a second corner here, just because I feel like there is a significant drop off after this next guy. Yeah, it's the guy <laughs> you're thinking of the same mm-hmm. guy already. You're already highlighting him. This is the guy that I thought it was. It was you know it was between him and Okuda. Give me Marshawn Lattimore as my second corner. Uh, I'm very happy with having uh, Ward and Lattimore as my two corners on each end. Uh, Lattimore, much like you know, much like Malik Hooker before him and much like Denzel Ward, honestly, all of these guys really just had one breakout season before they parlay that into an NFL career. But as we've seen from the, from both he and Denzel Ward's NFL career, that it wasn't just a, a one hit wonder. These guys are very good. They just needed their opportunity. And, you know, with a guy like Lattimore, he really, his start of his career was kind of stopped by injuries. He only played one full season. He redshirted his first year and then he had a hamstring injury in his second season. So he didn't play a ton, but in that 2016 season where he did play the full year, he was super dominant four picks, nine pass breakups. He had a touchdown first team, all big 10. And then, you know, we know where he went from there. Defensive rookie of the year, the NFL in 2017, and now a, a four-time Pro Bowler. So I'll be very happy with Marshawn Lattimore as my number two corner, which on you know on pretty much any other team would be probably you know their number one. Another sort of one-year guy, right? He struggled with health, but then he stayed healthy. Uh, you know, his junior season and was dominant. Um, I don't have his stats in front of me. I didn't write them down. But Marshawn Lattimore, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was an All-American. I know he was All Big Ten and. We want to talk about a stud in the NFL. He's been a pro bowler almost every season he's been in the league. So when you look at <clears throat> both college and NFL success, you know, he's up there with Joey Bosa right now, as far as longevity goes with the guys who have just translated from one level to the next and continue to play at a high level. So Marshall Lattimore is a good one too. Yeah, I'm all about it. And now I want to take, the guy who I thought you were going to take in those last two picks, but I am I'm sensing a weakness here. I haven't grabbed the linebacker yet, so I do have to dip into there and get one of these top guys before you get all of the good ones. Um, and maybe this isn't a guy that's near the top of your list, but he was one of my favorite linebackers in his time at Ohio State. Give me Jerome Baker. Um, as my first linebacker off the board, he's kind of a one of these more versatile guys. He was like a really supreme athlete, kind of a, a bit smaller than your prototypical uh, linebacker. But he was a two-year starter, put together a ton of tackles. He was a guy that you could, you know, you could trust him in coverage. You could trust him on the blitz. He had 17 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks, two picks. He had that highlight, you know, the the long pick six against Baker Mayfield when Ohio State traveled to Oklahoma. And he was this guy that, that put up his biggest numbers in Ohio State's biggest games. And I think that that's super valuable for a team. And he started to see a little bit more NFL success, but he was just so good at Ohio State. You know, he had some really big games. He had a really, and in 2016, he had a huge game against Michigan. He had a, his career high 16 tackles he had in the Big Ten title game over Wisconsin in 2017. So just a really, really good athlete, a very versatile defender, and a guy that I could probably move around a little bit in my the start of my linebacker core. So I'm happy getting Jerome Baker here uh, as my first guy at that position. Yeah, he's sort of in the Shazier and Darren Lee mold when you talk about those athletic linebackers, good in pass coverage. Um, Gosh, you kind of look back at it and he when you just watched him play, you take the stats out of it and everything that like he was a scary athlete, man, like size, speed combination. I really liked Jerome Baker. I'm surprised he was never a hundred tackle guy, even though he had some really, really good years. Um, and came on as a, a sophomore and a junior, especially as a junior. Solid in the NFL, not great, but he's still young, still learning. So I like that pick, um, but I like it. I like it more for me because you'll see what I'm going to do here. Yeah, you have you have a lot. There's a, there is a lot on the board. We talked about it a little bit here how we, at the beginning where we thought depth may be an issue, but as we get deeper and deeper into this, there's still a ton of good names on this board. And what I'm going to do is I'm really going to try and corner the market. Um, 
the position you just took, you got your first linebacker. I've got two. We're each drafting three. After this guy, I think there's a noticeable drop off. So I, I'm just going to go nuts here. I'm going to lock up all of my linebackers. Give me a thumper in the middle. I'll take Raekwon McMillan to round out my linebacker group. <clears throat> and, you know, with him, he did have 200-plus tackle seasons, 18 for loss over the totality of his career, only six sacks. He wasn't a big pass rusher, but with the athleticism I already have with Shazier and Lee, I can let Raekwon McMillan hypothetically, you know, in this game that we're playing, just patrol the middle, come up, play well against the run, and, uh, you know, just lay some guys out. I love Raekwon McMillan's physicality and his ability to sort of be the captain of the defense. So, uh, you know, I think my linebacker group is filthy right now, and I hope that I cornered the market on you a little bit. Yeah, definitely a, a strong linebacker group. The only, like, you do have three guys that perhaps played more middle linebacker, maybe less so mm-hmm. Darren Lee, but I mean, you can't deny the talent of Shazier, Lee, and McMillan, you know, three of the, you know, the best linebackers at Ohio State in, in recent years. Uh, I was kind of shocked that Raekwon McMillan didn't really put together a, a strong NFL career because of how good he was at Ohio State. You know, much like Malik Hooker, he was a guy that it seemed like every time there was a play to be made, Raekwon McMillan was somewhere in the area to make a tackle, and he was just so fun to watch, and I, I really thought he was going to be a great linebacker the next level maybe he's a bit undersized but a a tremendous athlete and a guy that was really fun to watch and seemed to always be in the right spot when you needed him to be and he's been banged up suffered some injuries at the next level not the fastest guy in the world so that probably worked against him especially in the draft but he's still young enough too i don't remember who he's bouncing around with he might be a patriot or a free agent if i'm not mistaken but still some time for him to catch on and prove himself so I've got my linebackers rounded out. I'm a little light at some of these other positions. So I'm going to go safety. Uh, I've got somebody at every position except for this one. I'm looking for a guy who can play center field, patrol the back end, and his junior season, fantastic. 91 tackles, six interceptions, which I think, I don't know, I think people kind of forget how good of a ball hawk he was. He's not in that Malik Hooker category. But go ahead and give me former Buckeye, current Cincinnati Bengal, Von Bell as my first safety. Now this is this is a bit surprising to me, Josh, because there is, you know, another safety on this board who perhaps could be considered uh, above him, or at least I I maybe did on my board. But having me thinking that you were going to get one of these two guys, I did have Von Bell as as penciled in as potentially my number two safety. This is a guy that, like you said, he may be a bit underappreciated his time at Ohio State, but he was another one of those those players that was on that national championship defense. Nine career interceptions, 15 pass breakups, 175 total tackles. He had a sack in the national title game against Oregon, so kind of a, a versatile defender. You could send him on a blitz. He was really good back there in the back end of the defense. And just another, you know, do-it-all type of player. First-team All-American, first-team All-Big Ten. Von Bell was really good at Ohio State. And I think what I'm doing here, and we're both kind of doing this right now, but We are cherry picking the best guys from what we consider to be the best Ohio State defenses. We'll see as the rest of this thing plays out. There might not be a lot of like recent guys, but with Von Bell, I I just I think I get a little bit of everything. And I do think he was underappreciated with he because he played with so many other talented guys. But when you look at nearly 100 tackles and six picks from the safety position, I'll take that eight days a week. So I'm happy with that pick. But, and another thing I'm doing, I'll foreshadow a little bit. I've got some deep sleepers that might lose me the draft. But when I talk about their stats, uh, hopefully it kind of triggers something in your mind to respect my draft a little bit more. But I've still got a plan. I, I love your draft so far. And I've got maybe some under the radar guys. But I'm still in this thing. That being said, it's back to you for your double dip, and I'm interested to see where you go next. Yeah, I certainly can't have any qualms with your draft after you, you won the first round of this this little tournament we got going on. So I, I have to think that you're doing good things, and we'll see how it plays out in the end. But I'm going to go here with my first pick of this double. I'm going to go with the guy that I thought you were going to take in each of the last two doubles you had, and I'm kind of surprised he's still there at this point. Give me Jordan Fuller 
as my okay. second safety. Uh, I think for me, it's a perfect complement with Malik Hooker. Two different styles of safety. One in Hooker with the ball hawking type of uh, you know pass defense guy, and then Jordan Fuller as that eraser at the back end of your defense, making sure nobody breaks off those big plays. Always there to make the sure tackle as the last line of defense. I'm very happy to have Fuller to, to complement Hooker, and I, I think that those two, had they been in their primes at the at the same time, would have been a, a, an incredible safety duo in Columbus. Air traffic controller, right? Always in the right spot at the right time. He moved his other guys around on the field. You've seen it. He became a captain his second year in the NFL with the Rams. And then he got hurt during their uh, their stretch run. But I love Jordan Fuller. Fuller. I frankly, I may have slept on him a little bit here, but he was more of a, like I said, a, a right place right time kind of guy didn't produce a ton of stats so I don't want to knock him because he was a a great Buckeye but I think maybe that's why I gravitated away from him and towards some of the other guys that came down with picks forced fumbles things like that but I really like Jordan Fuller and if you're settling for him quote unquote in the seventh round of this draft I think that's tremendous value, so still a very good pick, in my opinion. Yeah, we've seen some of the struggles Ohio State has had in their past defense without that kind of safety at the back end of their defense. So even though he might not have some of the stats to, to back up how important he was, he was clearly a very important player on those Ohio State defenses. And now with my with my second pick of my double here, I'm going to take a player that I think you might be eyeing here for maybe later on, a guy at one of the non-glamour positions at defensive tackle, my first defensive tackle off the board. I'm going to take Tommy Togiai as my first defensive tackle here okay surprising he's a guy that i know that you liked a lot and i just i couldn't let Mm -hmm. him go that much longer and i know that i still need a defensive tackle you got the you know the top choice in hankins but togi i was a real difference maker at a a defensive tackle spot that usually doesn't have many of those i I think that we certainly saw how much of a loss he was when he didn't get to play against bama in the national title game because of covid i think that severely hampered ohio state's run stopping ability in that game and that's what you know made togi so great he was that that true run stopping ability up the middle but he also made you know a ton of plays in the passing game he had three sacks and four and a half tackles for loss in that 2020 season the shortened season and he was really just the anchor of that Ohio State defensive line and you know we talk about all the time how defensive tackles don't really get all the love that they deserve and, and I think Tommy Togia was super important to that Ohio State defense and was a big reason why their their defense looked even worse than it was in that national title game I looked at you're right I did like Tommy Togiai and I looked at him Sort of like Jonathan Hankins light. He didn't have a hundred plus tackles. You know, he really had one great season, but plugged up the middle, good against the run, strong against, uh, you know, strong as a pass rusher for his position. Hasn't done a whole lot in the NFL. Again, been banged up. Still a young guy. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be an anchor for the Browns or somebody else eventually. I, I was looking at him later. He snatched him from me. But that's a good defensive tackle, and that's your first one, right? Yes, sir. So now I have I we all we both have I think at least one player at each position, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks that way. So now we are, we're each on the board at each spot, and we can kind of continue to fill out our rosters here as we get towards you know the eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. And whenever we decide to use our wild cards, I think the wild cards a little more interesting here on defense because yes. I don't know if it's more of like a, you know, I, I, at least with offense, I was looking at the wild card as kind of an additional piece, not more as like a, you know, using that position as a wild card position, like a Swiss army knife type of thing, which I think you used well in your draft. I feel like more on defense, you're looking for an additional player at a certain position, maybe not as versatile player, but I could be wrong. Maybe you're looking at it differently, but we'll see how that comes into play as we kind of go towards the back end of this draft here. And I think that's fair because with the offense, we could imagine like these different alignments and different sets, whereas we went with two, two, three, two, two on the defense. So it's hard to say, hey, I could use this guy at this joker position or this wild card position. So I think you're on to something there. That being said, I'm going to go, I keep using this term, cornering the market, and I I think that I'm going to do that again here. There is talent left on the board, but I'm going to go back to defensive tackle, and I think this guy gets slept on quite a bit, honestly, because he's another guy who played with a lot of other talent around him, but his last two seasons, 2013-2014, 82 tackles, 25 and a half for loss. And here's where I'm getting a ton of value. 14 sacks over two seasons from a defensive tackle. A bit undersized, but 
Michael Bennett was wildly productive in his last two seasons for Ohio State. So, again, an under-the-radar kind of guy, not the biggest, most imposing. But when I put him next to Jonathan Hankins, Big Hank, I don't need two 350-pounders up front. I've got Michael Bennett, who barely tipped in at 300. And, and, you know, he's a bit of a shorter guy. But when you look at 14 sacks from the defensive tackle position, I just I don't think you can beat that as value. So Michael Bennett and Jonathan Hankins give me a couple of really good players up front. And I think I've robbed you of a little bit of value, I think, in my opinion, at at least two positions, even if you've got some elite talent in like Young, Hooker and Ward. So kind of a depends on what your strategy is, but I'm still confident in this one. Yeah, interestingly enough, you've picked the two, uh, you know, quote unquote, oldest defensive tackles on the board. So I don't know what that says mm-hmm. about, you know, <laughs> the, the late as the the transition of the defensive tackle position at Ohio State that you've picked the two from from furthest back in the in the in the lexicon here um, in, in Bennett and Hankins. But like you said, you know, two just very strong players up the middle, two very classic, you know, NFL style defensive tackles at the middle of your lineup. And Bennett comes with the added, you know, pass rushing ability at the defensive tackle spot. So I, I like the pick. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so strategy comes into play here. You've got two ends, and you've got two safeties right now. So I don't have to go after either one of those positions. Um, You've got two corners. So I can really kind of go anywhere I want. You know, Josh, I'm going to highlight a player here that I think you should consider highly. Now, I, this guy <laughs> is, is still on the board, and I just I think you should go after him. We might talk about him a little bit afterwards, but I think you should strongly give some consideration to this safety. There is a small piece of me that wants to go after him as my wild card just to elicit um, a reaction from you, but I'm going to hold off. And gosh, I feel like I'm stalling here, but I'll just go to another older guy, frankly. Um, that I liked. He was productive across three seasons. And again, he could, he was good on against both. He was good against the run. He was good against the pass. Go ahead and give me John Simon as my second defensive uh, end here. Moved around a little bit, but we had some guys that we put in possibly two different categories here. He's played some outside linebacker at the next level. But as a junior and a senior, his last two seasons, 30 and a half tackles for loss, 16 sacks, really good against the run, pound for pound, one of the strongest, most freakish uh, defensive linemen that's come through Ohio State. I mean, chiseled out a rock. You would not want to come across this guy in a dark alley. I just liked the way John Simon played the game. And, um, you know, Urban Meyer spoke so highly of this guy. Loved Simon. His teammates loved him. And so, yeah, I don't have the most athletic bookends, but I've got some guys who can play on either any of the downs. So I like Bosa and I like uh, John Simon as my second defensive end here. Yeah, I think we're going a little bit kind of old school versus new school here in uh, in our drafts. You're getting a lot more of the you know these classic Ohio State defenders from you know the the earlier end of the spectrum of this this past decade, and all, all good players in their own right. But I just think it's funny how it's kind of going where you know you obviously the the longer term Ohio State fan than I going with some of these 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 older players and me going with some of the guys from the, the past few years. I just find it funny how this is kind of playing out in that way. 
Yeah, for sure. And maybe that's maybe I'm aging myself a little bit. You know, I'm I'm a couple years older than Gene, so maybe I'm thinking about these guys from previous years. But Ohio State's defense was real; they were the silver bullets, you know, back then. And it hasn't been the same recently. That doesn't mean that there aren't some really talented players out there. A lot of them are on Gene's roster right now. I just I, I like the guys who could do it all and had prolonged success. So I think maybe that was in my mind as I was making these picks. Yeah, for sure. And, and a good squad in its own right. I am going to, uh, with the first pick, my next double here, just in case you were, were tempted to take an, another linebacker with your wild card to really hamstring me at this position. I'm going to take who I think on you know, of the list that's remaining is, is the best remaining option. I'm going to take Malik Harrison as my second linebacker here. Sneaky. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of a kind of a sneaky name. He was probably the, the lone, you know, star of that Ohio State linebacker core that we, you know, we've so often lamented. Um, he led Ohio State in tackles both as a junior and a senior. Um he also had 16, his 16 and a half tackles for loss in 2019 trailed only Katz and Moyer Shazier and Matt Wilhelm among Ohio State linebackers for a single season tackles for loss. So a really good season for him in that 2019 season, but he did have a, you know, a pretty solid prolonged career, 205 career tackles, um, and, and was part of Ohio State's three straight Big Ten, you know, t- Big Ten titles. So uh, a good linebacker in his own right. He's, he's had some, you know, some up and downs as a member of the Ravens, I believe. But in terms of his Ohio State production, I think he was, you know, in a room that wasn't full of stardom at Ohio State linebackers under Al Washington. Malik Harrison was, you know, heads and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, he stood out <clears throat> and he's starting to do some things at the next level for the Baltimore Ravens. So I think he's got a long career ahead of him. He he was in that athletic mold for sure, could support the run, cover in the pat uh, you know, cover the pass. And so you've waited but you've got a couple really athletic guys and probably some good value. So I like that pick and I'm interested to see we've each got two picks before the wild card. So we're getting down towards the end of our draft, Gene, where are you going next? Yeah. And I I could go wild card here and and take a third corner, which I'm highly considering doing. Um, but I think I'm going to hold off. I think I'm good there. There's options at both corner and safety that I'm considering at the wild card. Also, some other maybe defensive line options. But um, I, I think I'm going to get, even though you already have both your defensive tackles, I'm going to get a guy who has a bit more versatility, just in case you were thinking of him at a different position or you know thinking of adding another guy up the middle. Yep, you've already, you know exactly where I'm going with this. I'm going with Draymond Jones as my second defensive tackle. He uh, He's transitioned more to a defensive end at the next level, but he played almost exclusively defensive tackle at Ohio State, although you could see kind of early on that he had some of that you know defensive end mold. Um, he put up crazy numbers as a defensive tackle. He had 114 career tackles, 200, uh, two, uh, sorry, 22 tackles for loss, and nine and a half sacks in his career. Coming from the middle of that line, he was the first Ohio State defensive lineman in history to score two touchdowns in one season, which is, you know, interesting. He had a pick six and a fumble <laughs> recovery, you know, first team All-American, first team All-Big Ten. And I just thought he was a really solid player on what was a very good Ohio State defense at the time, probably outshined by some of those, you know, more flashy defensive ends. But Draymond Jones is always a very solid player for Ohio State. Yeah, super versatile, uh, athletic for as big as he is. I think he's listed at like 6'6", 280 but has uh, gone outside in the pros. Decent decent career so far as a late-round draft pick for the Denver Broncos. He was a guy I was sitting on, potentially as a wild card. You can't go wrong with Draymond. And I know he had a down year. I think sophomore and senior seasons were pretty strong. Junior year, not as much. But as a senior in 2018, from primarily the defensive tackle position, eight and a half sacks. So similar to Michael Bennett, but dissimilar body types, far from them. Um, a lot of production there. So I think that's a really good pick getting towards the end of our draft. Yeah, I, I think the athleticism stands apart from a lot of the other defensive tackles on this list, whereas the other guys are more, you know, big bodied guys built to stop the run. I think Draymond Jones is built more in that that defensive end mold than is able to rush the pass or get some of that speed off the edge, even though he is, you know, a defensive tackle at heart. And where are you going? Where are you going next, Gene? Well, that that's that's my that's my double. I got Harrison and Draymond. It is up to you, my oh, man. Oh, you're right. Gosh, I'm I'm getting so lost in the sauce here, <laughs> thinking about my next pick uh, that I kind of forgot. Because you're right, you're gonna go 11 and wild card to finish this out. So, right now to fill out my kind of active roster before I go wild card, I think you and I are obviously saving both of those till our last pick. I need to go secondary, and I'll go safety first. 
old school again. You know, I'm one of the old heads, but this guy in his junior or senior season, I, I forget, it was his senior season. He came out after four, 84 tackles and four picks from the safety position. C.J. Barnett, similar to Von Bell, um, you know, patrolled the back end, strong against the run, could make plays in coverage, and I like the high tackle count, add four picks to go with it. So I don't have the elite athleticism of like a, a Malik Hooker, on my very back end, but I like both these guys and their versatility and the fact that they can support all facets of the game. So I like CJ Barnett here. Yeah, definitely, definitely a strong pick of Barnett. Looking at some of the other names uh, at safety, there's a lot of a lot of upside on, on some of these names still remaining at safety. But I think Barnett's the most you know proven of the bunch. A very good guy to have at the back end of your secondary. So there's no complaints from me there on uh, on CJ Barnett. I obviously didn't get to, I didn't see him a ton in in my time as Ohio State fandom, but uh, I've I've seen you know highlights and whatnot, and he's a very good player. Yeah, so my last, uh, well, my 11th pick, I need to go new school here. I feel like I've got an older team, and so I'm going to go very new school here. One season to go off of, but in that one season, freshman All-American, looks like a lockdown corner. Give me Denzel Burke uh, to round out my traditional secondary here. He, We don't know what he's going to do for the duration of his Ohio State career, but a hell of a start as a freshman, which you can't say about a lot of these guys, especially in the secondary. It's difficult to come in right away and establish yourself as a lockdown corner. He only had the one interception, only 35 tackles, so it doesn't seem like a lot, but similar to Okuda or Denzel Ward, quarterbacks have been hesitant to throw to his side of the ball. So I like what I'm getting there. And I think it's really good value as my, my newest addition in both, you know, hypothetical world and real world situations. Yeah, I like it. Denzel Burke was definitely like the next. If I was going to take a, you know another corner with my wild card, it definitely would have been Burke. You know, like you said, he was a tremendous, tremendous freshman season for him. Kind of a guy that came out of nowhere. He was not one of the more highly lauded uh, prospects in his respective recruiting class, but he came on really quick. We heard all about him in the offseason, how good he was from the coaches, and then we saw it on the field. He was Ohio State's top corner for the entire year, and hopefully he continues to build on that going into 2022. But I like to pick a lot of upside there, and, and Denzel Burke's a really good player. And so that fills out my starting 11. I've still got the wild card, but it's up to you, partner. Uh, bring us home with your last two picks and give us your wild card. And explain why, too, why you went with a wild card that you did uh, when you get there. Yeah, and this is still kind of tough. I mean, I obviously need a third linebacker, and then I have my wild card. And I'm looking at my linebacker options here, and I, I'm very tempted to go with a guy who hasn't yet played a down at Ohio State, and I'm mm -hmm. not sure what that says about the Ohio State linebacker room as a whole, but I am going to go, I, I'm not going to go with that. I was considering C.J. Hicks very highly, um, very highly touted linebacker, obviously coming in as a freshman this year, but I'm going to go with the safer pick, a guy you just recently wrote about as maybe one of those other underappreciated guys in his time at Ohio State and now in the NFL. I'm going to take Pete Werner as my third linebacker. Um, a guy that probably got a lot more crap than he deserved just because of the players he was playing around, but he was really solid at Ohio State. He was good in pass coverage. He was really good. At, he was one of those guys that was able to kind of lock down the tight ends, which Ohio State had had trouble guarding in the previous seasons. He was really good at that, especially against some of those, you know, upper echelon tight uh, Penn State tight ends that they went up against. But P. Winter was really solid overall. He did a lot. Um, he, they, he was asked to do a lot more than he was probably capable of. You know, they had him playing some like safety. Some say had him playing out wide, and you know they probably put him in a lot of unfair positions. But I think overall he handled it in stride. And as, as much as you could get from a linebacker, uh, Pete Werner gave it to you all. So I, you know, he might have gotten uh, more flack than he deserved in his time at Ohio State, kind of getting lumped in with some of those other guys who who underperformed. But I'll, I'm definitely I'm happy to get Pete Werner as my my last linebacker to round out my room. I like Werner. I mentioned it in my article, guilt by association. Right, he played with Tough Borland. Baron Browning, Justin Hilliard, and that unit in totality sort of underperformed. But Pete Werner, in my opinion, was the rock, and he could do a little bit of everything, just super consistent, versatile across the board. And he's proven to be a pretty good linebacker so far in the NFL. So I think that's a really good pick. Even if you uh, you know waited to the 11th round to get a linebacker, I'd He's tough to keep out of a starting lineup if you're taking six total. Yeah, for sure. And now looking across the board here, there is still 
you know, for as much lack of depth as there might be at Ohio State, uh, some of these defensive positions, I think there's a lot of, you know, young upside players kind of at the back end of some of these positions. You know, I talked about a guy like CJ Hicks. You know, you also have a guy like High Stokes, another player who hasn't played a down yet at Ohio State. And we'll go through some of these lists as, after we're done with the draft and talk about some of these guys. But for my wild card here, I'm going to um, invoke my inner Larry Johnson here. I'm going to take JT Tuimaloa as my wild card. And I'm going to Damn use you. I'm I'm going to use him in my in my Rushman set. I I think a, a uh, you know a defensive line that's made up of of Chase Young, uh, Draymond Jones, uh, JT Tuimaloao, and Nick Bosa is a pretty formidable defensive line. So I think getting him as a guy who could play both defensive end and defensive tackle because of his size and his you know his athleticism, I, I'm very happy with getting JT Tuimaloao. Obviously, only had one season under his belt and wasn't even a, a full time starter, but I think we all kind of expect him to take that next jump as as that five star, you know, top defensive end in the country type of prospect and I I'm expecting big things from him from in, in 2022 for Ohio State. I'm expecting big things from him as my my wild card pick in our all decade defensive draft here. I can hear you like you, you continue to smile as you talk about JTT because <laughs> I I reacted I wanted him for my wild card. Uh, I think he's going to be great. I think we're going to start to see him put it together even more so this year. Hell of a wild card pick. Um, but before I get to mine, so anything else to say about JCT? I think we've kind of both nailed it on the head, but anything else before I finish my team out? No, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you if you were to take his running mate here as kind of that similar style of player. The only reason I went with uh, Tuimaloa over Sawyer is because he's a little, a little bit bigger, maybe a little more, um, you know, suited for that, for that, uh, you know, Rushman type of package, whereas Jack Sawyer is maybe more of that kind of stand-up end linebacker if you want to go that route. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, we're both pretty high on JT Tuimaloa and what he, you know, should be able to do in 2022 as perhaps a, a full-time starter on the defensive line. And um, I'm happy to add him to my squad and, you know, a hell of a player to get with your last overall pick. Yeah, and you nailed it on the head, though. So I don't feel like this is a consolation prize. I had JTT ranked a little bit higher, but I would not be surprised to see... Jack Sawyer just be wildly productive at Ohio State. We saw glimpses as a freshman. Um, he has been awesome in, in spring games. And so I'm going to take Jack Sawyer as my wild card. I need to sort of win the fan vote here. So that's why I went with Burke and Sawyer last. But I think both of these guys are just top-notch players. I think the, the sky's the limit for both. And you're right, JTT is a little bit more of that traditional guy, but we've seen or we've heard a lot of uh, Jack Sawyer playing the Jack position going on. So I, I'm taking him with that in mind. I think he could fill multiple roles and be kind of that stand-up linebacker, rusher sort of hybrid. So, yeah, I, I like Jack Sawyer here. And, again, Getting back to the fan vote, I had to get some of these new players, and I'm, I'm not at all upset that I ended up with Jack Sawyer as my last pick. It's not a consolation. Like I said, I think he's going to be great, and he's going to round out my team with some new blood. Yeah, and I think it's a pretty good sign for Ohio State's 2022 defensive line that given the, you know, the choice of pretty much any other defensive player that we haven't already named from the last decade, we're taking two guys that have only played one year and are both expected to take big jumps the next year as, as our wild card spot. So uh, I think Ohio State's defensive line's in a pretty good spot with both of them this year. And, you know, looking at our teams here, Josh, I think we both have, you know, very different teams, but both very good teams in their own right. You took a little more of the kind of proven track record guys, whereas I'm more of the one hit wonders, it seems like, more all. But, you know, I, I have some guys that, that shine really bright and, and shine some of the brightest at their biggest moments, but also had maybe some letdown seasons, whether it be at Ohio State or in the NFL, whereas you had more guys that were very consistent over the course of their career and also very good in their own right. So I, I think we drafted in different styles, but I think we put together some pretty darn good defensive teams here. Yeah, I think so, too. And I might have to uh, ask all the old people to put in their AOL disc to get on the Internet and vote for my team because I definitely went with some of the older guys, but... I don't think it's a knock on your team that you went after a couple of guys who had just one outstanding season because that is that's kind of the the object here is to get the best guys at their peak. And so I think you did that. My guys have maybe some longer careers, more production on paper to speak of, but I like both these teams. All in all, I think it was a little bit more difficult, but similar to the offenses we have. And don't let me forget, I want to get to some of the sleepers and guys left on the board, but I think both of these units – 
you know, would just be top notch in this hypothetical world. You get on Madden or something and put them together. I, I think both these squads would shut down anybody. So I think it's a couple of really good defenses. And now I'm interested to see what like the voters think. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how the, the voting will go with this one. I'm hoping that I could kind of even it out. We'll wind up tying our draft. We're going to have to do a uh, a very quick special teams draft just to, just to break the tie where we draft only a kicker and a punter and see who comes out Deal. on top. But Deal. yeah, that'll be a real fun, epi- a real fun uh, five-minute episode where me and Josh only draft a kicker and a punter and see how it goes. But nonetheless, yeah, I think this was also fun. I, I really like this concept, looking through all these these former players here. And we are getting up on an hour here, so I do want to, you know, before we, you know, end things up, I do want to talk about some of these, you know, other guys that are remaining on the board, other talents um, that maybe you were looking at, uh, that I was looking at. I know for certain, you know, a, a guy like, um, you know, we talked about some of the young guys, like a guy like CJ Hicks, I certainly consider for my wild card because I'm very high on him, and I think it won't take long for him to become a starter at Ohio State. I was looking at, you know, in, in terms of older guys, you know, guys like Curtis Grant and Bradley Roby were both very good in their own rights. Curtis Grant maybe didn't get a lot of the shine, but he was a big member of that that national title defense, and, you know, he played against, played a lot with a lot of good guys that overshadowed him, but he was a solid linebacker in his own right, very athletic. Um, you know, on the defensive tackles, a guy like Tyleek Williams, I considered because of what we've seen from him in, in limited snaps and things of that nature. Obviously, we were both very enthralled with Bryson Shaw and his capabilities of what he could have brought to our defense. That was the guy I was alluding to earlier in our draft when I said that Josh should be considering this specific safety. Josh actually put a, a smiley face next to Bryson Shaw's name in the uh, the draft pool here, which I do appreciate. But uh, Josh, anybody else on your board here either that I did mention or that I did mention that you were also considering as we were, we were going through these lists here? Yeah, I'll go rapid fire here real quick. So at defensive end, I thought about Noah Spence. His Ohio State career did not go according to plan. Uh, he had the kind of stupid, silly suspension that I don't think he deserved. But in his one kind of high-end season, he had 50 tackles, 14 for loss, seven and a half sacks, super talented. Sam Hubbard, consistent across the board. Um at linebacker, Joshua Perry, a couple of hundred tackle seasons, pretty productive as a junior and senior. And then at cornerback, I'm actually surprised you brought up Bradley Roby, three high-end productive seasons for the Buckeyes. So I'm surprised that he didn't make the top six there. Uh, that you know, Neither one of us ended up with Roby on our team, but I think he was really good. And then a couple of other guys, I had these guys as deep, deep sleepers and maybe I am aging myself a little bit but I'm going to go over their stats real quick Duran Grant at corner uh, 2013 and 2014 combined 115 tackles eight picks as a corner Um, so Duran Grant super productive towards the tail end of his Ohio State career another guy probably the deepest sleeper I don't even know if a lot of guys will remember this name or a lot of people will remember this name but Damon Webb Damon Webb came in as a corner, converted to safety, but, and I have it written down here. Sorry, give me just a half a second. Damon Webb from, um, from Michigan, too, I believe, right? Yeah, I, well, I know he was a Michigan guy. I don't, yeah, that's a great question. Maybe he was a Michigan enrollee. I don't remember. He was from the state of Michigan. That's where he played his high yeah, school Yeah, no, that's, ball. that's what I meant. He was from, from the state of Michigan. Yeah, but 2017, 61 tackles, and more impressively, he came away with seven turnovers. He had five interceptions and two fumble recoveries. So, so when you talk about ball hawks, he's probably underrated, but he was like the deepest of all deep sleepers that I had notes written down on just because of the turnover. So there are some other guys on the list. You know, Ronnie Hickman led the team in tackles, so on and so forth. But talent left on the board, maybe even more so than the offense when I really look at it at certain positions. But 24 studs um, taken, selected here. And so now it's up to the fan voting. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine like telling us at the end of – what well, was either the 2020 or 2021 season? I don't remember which it was, but could you imagine telling us that Sean Wade wouldn't make like the top, you know, six corners off the board, five or six corners off the board after that season he had, you know, his first time around? If we had gone like positional wild card, like you could put this guy in a spot, I thought about Sean Wade in the slot because he was great. And, you know, and then he moved outside and uh, kind of fell off a cliff. But that's another interesting thing to bring up because. At his peak, playing that one position, uh, you know, he was a hell of a slot corner. 
Yeah, no, it, yeah, that's actually probably true. If we were drafting like pure slot corners, he might still be one of the, the top guys of that position, him and maybe, you know, a guy like Cam Brown or even a Bradley Roby at that kind of, you know, his size. But yeah, it, definitely interesting to see like kind of where he went. I also thought of, you know, maybe maybe a Josh Proctor, but I feel like Josh Proctor still hasn't really hit his ceiling yet. And obviously we don't know what he's going to be like in the injury and you know, post-injury. And we don't really have to factor that into this, but uh, I think, you know, we haven't really seen the height of what he could be. And you know, I, don't, I didn't want to draft too much on, you know, what could be rather than what we've seen. And I think that we're, there are more than enough guys in a lot of these positions where we've, you know, seen enough of them to know what they are, at least at their peak. So, you know, I think I'm pretty comfortable with the guys we got. I think we did get, you know, most of, if not all of the, the best, the very best of the best at each of these positions. Um, and, I'm excited to see where people vote. I'm excited to, you know, write about this come Monday. Um, I imagine this podcast is going to come out on Friday, so I imagine come Monday we'll uh, we'll write up our year nuts, kind of break down our teams once again, and have the the fans once again vote. And like I said, Josh kind of ran away with the first one. I'm hoping to do a little bit better the second time around, but I guess we'll we'll see what happens. I think this one's going to be close. I, I can see you winning. Obviously, I hope I do, but I don't think it's going to be a three to one vote. And that's not to throw shade at you. Um, I think it's a matter of preference, and I think that. There, there are some preference things here in both of these drafts. And before we go, though, or before you sign off, I also we talked about the future of the Ohio State defense, and you saw it in our offensive draft with guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. and this, that, and the other. We picked up Burke, JTT, and Jack Sawyer, the other current guys that we had on this list. You know, Caden Curry as that hybrid defensive lineman, TBD, CJ Hicks, you mentioned it. Jordan Hancock at corner and Kai Stokes purely based on a spring game. Um, I had to throw him on there based on that, but hopefully if we were to do this and who knows what's going to be going on with land grant in a couple of years from now, but if this draft were to take place in a few years, hopefully some of those guys would make an appearance or be thought of in that same sort of arena as some of the guys that we did end up taking. Yeah, and you could you could nearly build an entire defense out of some of these young guys, and it would probably be pretty good, or at least based on you know projections. You know, you look at you, know, you get put Tyleek Williams and Caden Curry a tackle. We both took you know Jack Sawyer and JT Tunalowau at the ends. Guys like C.J. Hicks and Steel Chambers at, at linebacker. Jordan Hancock at corner. Kai Stokes at safety. You have guys at every position that are, are projected to do really good things for Ohio State in 2022. So you know, between the new regime when it comes to coaching staff as well as some new blood in there on the field, I think we could be you know we should be heading in the right direction for Ohio State's defense and we've you know I, I we've thought that before but just based on the talent based on the coaching based on everything that's gone into it you know we've known Orion Day knew coming into this offseason that the defense was a huge problem and things had to be fixed so I think you know even though we didn't take a lot of those guys and we you know there were other options that were you know more proven and better I think that Ohio State's defense is in a pretty good spot given that some of those guys were even you know considered whether they had played like a very small amount of minutes or not even at all yet. Onward and upward, Gene. I'm, I'm all about it. And with Onward and Upward, we will get Onward and out of here. Um, so be sure to, you know, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff, all your podcasts do. Be sure to check out our uh, all of our written content over at LandGrantHolyLand.com. Like I said, the uh, the voting process for this one will likely come out on Monday in me and Josh's Your Nuts article. So definitely be sure to check that out and cast your vote on who won this edition of the All-Decade Draft. Um, and other than that, I think that is it. So for Josh Dooley, I am Gene Ross, and as always, go Bucks.